0: Let's get ready to rumble!
1: Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the show that is getting back to normal, or some form of normal after the lockdown. Now, my name is Tosin, I am your host, I'm based up in Coventry, uh, in the Midlands, and joining me as always on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. yeah. Now, you might be wondering, okay, when you talk about Netflix as a cinema, what's that, well, what is this in the tin? How do we go about deciding who's going to win Netflix as a cinema? And now, because cinemas are back, we can finally get back to our usual format, which is where we see a couple of things, usually three in the cinema, we see a couple of things at home on various streaming platforms, led by Netflix, and then we decide... we give read them all out of five and we decide who has won this week so cinema has come back it's been giving us a little bit of like you know giving it it's been giving it some won't you say guys won't you guys say that cinema has been giving it a little bit after it's after re- returning
0: yes i think it's been a bit timid to start but i think it's beginning to pick up pace now all right and it yeah they're there and I think this beginning is showing I think films that may have been relegated to the really small screens with a couple of really obscure showings I think they're big they've moved forward a bit because some of the big hitters have retreated or made a strategic withdrawal from the cinemas for a while and so some of these the small fry are suddenly getting a bit more of attention and so I think that in some way that's a good thing
1: yeah, I think definitely going, going by the things, the films that we have on the slate today, it does seem to be the case. So for the cinema today, we're going to be talking about Baby Teeth, the Australian movie. I think it's, it's sort of like broadly described as an Australian coming of age drama. Then there's, an, it, there's a Pinocchio. Now, if I'm correct, this is an Italian adaptation of Pinocchio.
0: An Italian-French version.
1: Ah, an Italian-French a version.
0: Franco-Italian
1: version, yeah. Oh, cool. And then we have an American Pickle.
0: Abba. <laughs>
1: an, Amer- yeah. we have an American people. Uh, p- p- pickle, not people. Seth Rogen versus Seth Rogen. And then on the Netflix side, we have Killing Eve season two, which I have finally finished watching, Project Power from Netflix, and Fear the Walking Dead season five. So we have a BBC iPlayer, Netflix, and an Amazon Prime. Now, yeah. so we'll kick off with Sean. Sean, who I have to say, I, I, I in my head, <laughs> you are loving you are loving cinemas being back so much it's kind of like you know you've gotten an old friend back so yeah. So uh, most it's, it's like that it's a bit like that uh, all right and i actually realized that my local cinema opens up tomorrow oh yeah it, it's kind of snuck up on me i was like oh my god it's it's here it's here and tenet tenet is going to be on is, is on screen next week so it's Pretty good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Maybe Sean, I might be like you and be like, ah, oh, hello, old friend. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I will do that. But first of all, <laughs> let's find out. So you, the first film that we have on the slate this week is one that you saw. Only you're the one who's seen it. This is a film called Baby Teeth. And Baby Teeth. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with what Sharon was saying about like you know a smaller film actually getting pride of place because all the big hitters are all around. I feel like this is the kind of film that would have gotten lost, that would have been released in the same week as, uh, as an Avengers or something like that. Or, and because of that, no many people would have seen it. But now it's probably kind of like pride of place. And if you've ever heard Ben Mendelsohn, who's, who I believe stars in the film, talk about this film, he has yeah. been raving about this film for like a year and a half. Just going, oh my God, you've got to see Baby Teeth. It's great. It's great. It's great. So Sean, <laughs> Baby Teeth, is it great? Was Ben Mendelsohn right or was he just pulling our legs?
2: Okay, so what we've got, I mean, we've seen a lot of Australian movies lately, haven't we? And this one is, um, this one is, it's like, I guess you could say it's about this this teenager who's, this teenager is, um, she's very much like, um, you know, really, well, it's a, she comes from a dysfunctional family, the whole family's oh, yeah. dysfunctional, Ben, Mendel- ben, ben Mendelssohn's wife. Ben Mendelssohn is a psychologist and... His wife. That's how it starts off. Actually, Ben Mendelssohn with his wife in on the couch like that, and then it goes on to other things. So it's quite a comedic bit. And then, then you meet her daughter, or their daughter, who's um, who's quite ill. So, and she she just happens to be going to school one day, and she bumps into this really really strange character who, you know, he's like a drug dealer. Really got all the tattoos. Got loads of stuff, and just says, "Will you do something for me? Will you come home with me? Will you?" So. And it turns out her mum's like a super like every possible drug you could possibly imagine, you know, uh, qualudes and, and uppers and downers and all sorts of stuff. And and being that Ben Mendelssohn's a psychologist and a doctor, he can write prescriptions. And so, so they obviously disapprove of and uh, and uh, but he still comes to sort of stay with them for whatever reason. And then. Ben Mendelsohn, sort of. There's other characters in it. There's this woman over the road that keeps calling for a dog. This pregnant woman that's that's full of tattoos and stuff and just moved in. Yep. And so you've got this really, really dysfunctional household with all these different people. And yeah, it's really, really good. Actually, to all right. I mean, so yeah. So because like because those, so far you know, so
1: far it sounds it sounds just like you know like you know your standard indie movie fare.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but I think it's more. It's like. You know, like, you've got all these these really romantically sad films. Like, I mean, I suppose it would have started with Love Story, but then you've got those. I mean, I've never I never really watched them because it's not my bag. But, like, yeah. the, you know, the ones where they're real and there's, like, you know, and it's all...
0: Oh, The Fault like, in Our Stars, oh. that type oh,
2: of yes. thing. That, that, that's it. Thank it you, Sharon. six feet apart? I was, I was feet apart? to think of, I
1: uh, yeah, There's f- a couple five, up there where you where they Five feet yeah, apart, yeah.
0: Five feet apart.
1: Well, I would, I would add the notebook
2: to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. this is this is this is like that but it isn't like that at all so the story's like that but the whole family is pretty pretty dysfunctional and i can actually relate to some i could imagine it being like that you know you've got the teenage daughter she's a bit antsy sometimes she's nice sometimes she's horrible a lot of times she's horrible the the guy who plays moses is like um yeah he's he's like obviously if he's a drug dealer he's not particularly the the nicest of people but he is sort of nice if you know what i mean although he's Although he's got all these these nasty traits, he's still got a quite a nice little side to him. Do you know what I mean? And he sort of feels and one thing and the other. So yeah, it's it's and like you said, well, Ben Mendelson, I have to say Ben Mendelssohn is absolutely class. But then he is in most things. To be fair, I think he's, yeah. he's he's excellent in most most of the things he does. He's um I can't really even he was even one of the best things in the the Star Wars, you know, um that uh, Star Wars Rogue, Rogue, Rogue one. Won yeah so so yeah it's basically um it's it's you know it it's you can imagine a family being like that you know obviously because her daughter's ill and because she thinks so much of this moses they sort of accept that fact as well do you know what i mean because i guess they're thinking of the thing oh well that's let's you know what what well I'm so so happen. moses moses is a moses th- is th- the th-
1: tattooed th- drug dealer who what, becomes her boyfriend
2: Basically, yes. Okay. Yeah, he becomes okay. a boyfriend. And, and although she's a lot older than he, he's a lot older than, than she is, their parents sort of let let it go. And, you know, the ending, the ending is, wow, I think the ending is brilliant. To, to me, the ending is, is, is a class ending. I really, really, really like the way this ended. Oh. And it's not smokesy. It's not all like that. But it was just, yeah, it was spot on. I mean, I've, I've put a few i mean from some of the things i said i hope to think that there may be a few sort of easter eggs in there with one thing and another but you'll have to work out because i don't want to put in any spoilers yeah yep yep yeah, yeah. um so yeah i just think it's it's um yeah no I I, I I think this is a really 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 top film really really top film convinced convinced me you know some of the things that happened it was like oh you know um, so there was so, nothing yeah. stupid I don't think so. No. How no. many stars? Many- there was a few, few sort of comedic, comedic elements, but I, I don't think there's anything stupid. And I, I totally believe there could be a dysfunctional family. You, you see, know? That, yeah. No. This so. is
1: this is high praise from Sean, indeed. This is. <laughs> this, is this is indeed. It's- so, uh, <laughs> how, how many stars would you give it? Four star. Four star. Four star. Give oh. this one a four. Oh, four star for so so. Ben Mendelssohn was not pulling her legs. Baby teeth. It really is that great.
2: It really is a good, it's it's, it's it's a top movie, you know, I mean, as I say, it's, I mean, I've never seen like films like The Notebook or Happy Ever After or whatever they are, I have seen a couple, I guess, I guess I saw that one with, with, uh, what, the girl who was in Game of Thrones recently, which, oh, know, me, me was, without oh, you, or oh, no, me before you or something, or
0: yeah. well, Last Christmas, oh,
2: last oh, Christmas. oh yeah. Last Christmas, oh. that's the one. Yeah. But anyway, any, any of those, it's, it's, although it's a story like that, it's nothing like that, if you know what I mean. It's nothing like that. It's just, so it sent, just centers out. around, it's centers really around it. Well,
1: it centers on a young, um, a young, sick woman, but it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't go the full-on schmaltz and violins and everything like that. And
2: totally not. No, totally, totally not. Totally, cool. totally not. Like that. So, sounds and like it's, a... it's straight to the fact. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm tired. You know what I mean. It was it was proper, real good, real good.
1: Yeah, four star. Cool, good stuff. So that is uh, kicking off cinema, kicking off well as Sharon says. You, you say that you know, it's it's beginning to sort of like you know pull itself and going. Yes, yes. This is this is good. This is good. And now we go over to Netflix and we go on to Killing Eve season two, which I finally finished watching. If you listened to the show last week, you realize that I did not. F- I had watched nothing because I had a lot of things that I've been watching that I haven't finished. So I had Killing Eve Season 2. I had uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. I still haven't finished Knots on Crosses, which tells you a little bit about that, even though I've, I started watching it before lockdown. It's only eight episodes. I still haven't finished watching it. So... <laughs> <laughs> But Killing Eve is something that I eventually thought, okay, cool, we got locked down, might as well start watching this. Everybody's been raving about this thing for three years, let's actually watch it. And I reviewed the first season, and I told you about how the first season was really, really good, because you have all these characters, and it's pretty much like, you know, when you have a cat and mouse game. Like, you know, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino in Heat's. That kind of thing where you have these two people who are sort of circling each other and it's like, oh, what's going to happen? They have this sort of weird attraction to each other because, you know, you think there might be two different sides of the same coin. All that stuff was put into. So it's a bit of a it's a it's a usual trope. But the main thing about it was that almost every character in it was weird. And every character in it zigged when you thought that they were supposed to zag. And it was just... And that's what I think made it fresh. It made it crazy. And the fact that, it was a, that you had a female assassin and a female MI5 agent. And they're chasing each other all around Europe. Mo- mostly trying to catch each other. and um, so And I said season one ended. And it felt like the first chapter of a story. And it goes into season two. Season two isn't i don't think it quite keeps up to the same level because i think season two there's a couple of things that you know you feel they begin to happen because that's the kind of thing that happens in this kind of story so there's some characters that you meet there's one particular character you meet quite early on where villanelle the character played by jodie coma meets this person and this person ends up being exactly what you think this person will be it's kind of like it's it's like it was almost kind of like oh, where's the inventive no come on guys come on this is this isn't you you're better than this and they go into all sorts of ways of trying to sort of like continue the story and they by the end of the season i think it goes it goes quite well but they it's it's lacking the drive of the first season you know the drive of the first season which is like was all about there's this fight between this person and this person who's going to win how's it going to happen who's going to come out on top it's called killing Eve is Eve going to get killed and that was that was the drive of the first season and I think that the second season kind of loses it because it's almost kind of saying oh we have these great characters and what would have happened like let's say you know how it happens in uh, in or in films like Heat and I hope it isn't a spoiler to say that one of the characters kills one of the other characters and that's usually that's the natural ending of the story but I think almost to this they go, these characters are too good. There's more to explore with them, but they're not entirely sure what it is they're going to explore. It isn't really, really clear what they're going to explore with them. So there's there's bits in it I just think kind of go a little bit samey and it's not as fresh as the season, as the first season, although it is still it is still very good. I would give it a three out of five. So that's three out of five for okay. Killer Neve season two for me. And Okay.
2: Yeah, but I would I would recommend watching it. I what, think
1: what?
2: yes, because uh-huh. car- I I mean I haven't really seen The Killing Eve. I've seen clips, but you you said I think you gave one a four, didn't you?
1: Did yeah, you no. One season number? one is a four.
2: Season one, season is, one a four. is a four. Yeah, but this is a three. Yeah, yeah, season
1: one is a four, just because it's just kind of fresh. It's just kind of fresh, and you're like, oh my god, what's going on? There's bits of season two, like when a, as I said, when a character shows up to quote Villanelle, it's so boring because you've seen it so many other times, and it's just <laughs> yeah, kind of like. Yeah, but I'll tell you the the set design for this and the costumes for this because the costumes Villanelle I think the costume designer for this has got to have won loads of awards just because it looks gorgeous it looks absolutely gorgeous and you have all these things like where they have all these different um, locations like Barcelona Tuscany all the Paris and they but it it's also quite funny because every now and then the same way they give. You know, the, they give you like the Paris treatment where you have a cobbled street and you see like her walking along, be looking all chic on the sidewalk, or Tuscany, you see a vineyard and then the words mm-hmm. Tuscany come up on screen. And then they do the same thing to Basildon, where you, you have like, you, <laughs> you have this random street, it's raining, someone's walking along, and they just go, Basildon! <laughs> <laughs> but they're trying they try to big-basalt it up the same way they big the big of Tuscany, and it's, it's and it's quite funny. I think there's this sort of subversive humor about it, where it knows what kind of genre it is and it's playing with it. But I feel like in the second season, it's not as good as the first. So yeah, that's it.
0: It seems like they churned out the all three of the seasons quite quickly. Very it seems quickly. You no know, sooner had one been out of the way, then it was like another one, and then another one. Yeah. They seem to be boom, boom, boom.
1: Yeah, it? it it was it's very quick, and I I'm not entirely sure why that is, or whether they'd already planned them before, like you know they filmed the first one because they did come out really really quick. There was it was like no soon had season one started showing and people would start raving about it that they said season two is going to come and season two came, seemed to come very quickly after season one. Yeah, and same thing with season three. I think they might have been stopped now because of COVID. But it, it, they they do seem to come really quickly. I don't know exactly why, but it is a joint thing between the BBC and I think HBO no, or one of the American companies, one of the big American mm. companies. But uh, I think definitely season one is definitely. I think either one of them is definitely worth your time. But it's after the high of season one, it's a it's a little bit of a letdown. And um, right, so now we go back to cinema, and here we have Pinocchio. Now Pinocchio is one of those things that I think everybody thinks that they know. Um everybody thinks they know mostly because of Disney, but Sharon, you want to tell us Pinocchio what is up with this Pinocchio? why is it different why Why is it out now?
0: Yes, yeah, so this is a a live action version of Pinocchio, and i don 't know if it's because it's closest to the source material in that it was made by a european a sort of a franco Italian film company that uh, they saw sort of, it just felt... It felt European, if that makes sense. The way it was constructed and the way the story sort of took its time, it just had that, and to me it had that Italian vibe to it. But anyway, this is a live-action version of Pinocchio and it's taking it back to a world that is not quite like ours. But it's, it's you know, you don't know what period it's set in. The clothes are quite bed-like, you know... Could be 200 years ago, could be 400 years ago. You just don't know quite when it's set because there's no real technologies for you to date it. And it's a world where magic happens without it raising an eyebrow. It's just, it's part of the world in which they live. And so, Giuseppe, um, what's his name? Geppetto is a very poor carpenter who's basically. Is down to trying to sell his coat for a meal, and he goes into a local restaurant and he's like saying, "Hey, this chair's very wobbly and this table needs fixing, just <sighs> to sort of have enough money to to feed himself." And one day he sees a travelling puppet circus where they've got these sort of am- amazing sort of marionettes there, and he thinks, "Aha! This I could make some money doing this. If I made a per- the perfect puppet, I could then go and do my own little shows and I could, you know." Make money, yeah. And it just happens that he goes to a guy who has wood, and he has a magical log that, you know, he's a bit scared of because it just moves on its own and it, it sort of has it is inhabited by these sort of strange powers. And so he said, "Oh no, yeah, you can have this log, Giappetto." So he takes this log home and then he creates this perfect puppet, and he says, "You know, call me Papa, call me Papa," and then the puppet replies, "Ah, you know." Baba, baba.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and then you have Pinocchio. He's becomes this fully formed, naughty, stubborn, innocent, bad, good little boy. It, it's, <laughs> like it's, all little
1: boys are. It, it sounds like it sounds like it gives like that's more backstory than I've ever heard. Like I've never read the original story of Pinocchio. I've always, only ever read adaptations and like you know bits that were made for like probably. But you know an English kid audience which uh yeah. which I'm imagining might have sanded off some of the rough edges and all that so but it sounds like they've they've given a lot more backstory as to how Pinocchio came into being than I've ever heard
0: yeah and it, yes because you feel that you move into a world that's not quite like our own but there's enough of it for you to recognize but Yeah. And then as Pinocchio goes on his adventures, you know, he's sent to school, but he decides not to go. He wants to go into somewhere else. Yeah. And then his sort of series of adventures and misadventures happens where he meets good people who you think are bad people. And then he meets bad people who they present themselves to be good people. And then he meets just a whole raft of strange characters, like um, a maid who's a snail and who walks really slowly. Yeah. And there's a blue fairy. There's a tuner that has a chat with him. There's all these strange, weird. There's a cat and the fox. There's don't all forget, these some of the,
2: yeah.
0: And there's some of these characters don't you may recognise um, from Disney.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so Sean, you were going to say?
2: I was just going to say, don't forget the judge as well, the monkey judge. There's I mean, the monkey judge. I found those those. Yeah, I found those those and and Jiminy cricket and what have you. I mean that's that it's quite strange because I, I i liked a lot of aspects of this, but i think they were i didn't really see the point of the monkey judge and i mean i know that they're probably part of the story but i'm like in i don't know the original story i'm yeah. i'm only o okay fait with the the disney version so but yeah i i i wasn't that that aspect of it i didn't see why why that needed to be in there really but I, I just think it's it basically
0: right on no 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 I think it's basically he's learning about humanity he's just before he can become a real boy he has to understand about real humanity and he learns about truth and justice and the judge is there because it's he he, he learns about what is justice and what is um, the law but does but, he uh, actually that, learn that, well he, you sort of see because it, it's all upside down yeah. he sort of he, afterwards, he sort of begins. You see, you see him learning. You know, things that are turned up. Stuff, some of the world, the world is upside down, and that he has to work out what's good and what's bad, and what's right and what's wrong. And he has to work that out through these series of misadventures. And so, I think he, each each sort of mini adventure he has, there's a lesson in there somewhere. Yeah, but, and I think that's like the, the moral tale all told all together.
1: Yeah, because so, yes, it's, I've heard that it's, it's a, that the original is almost supposed to be like a satire of Italian um society at that time at the time that it was made
0: I can probably believe it yeah because of the the characters like this yeah the aristocrats and the traveling fairs and the judge and uh the the the, the, the merchants how yeah there's there's no um compassion and no pity in many mm. of these people and so it's for it, him to learn compassion and compity is yeah it's, it's a it's long long journey for him to take
1: okay so um so it just makes me think like you know things like it's a bit like when they talk about jane austen and they talk about jane austen and they say oh that she was she thinks some of the things that she wrote she was satirizing english society oh, absolutely. and i'm like oh yeah
0: she's quite I, sharp yeah, jane austen
1: and, and that's just totally over my head and it's a bit like it, like, i guess with something like pinocchio so what did we think about it? So, Sean, let's go with you first. What did you think about it?
2: Okay, well, this film, yeah, I, I mean, it was really, really interesting. It was quite visually stunning, I thought. Um, and it was interesting. It made me think a little bit more about the, the, the stories. And um, I did like the, the fox and the cat. Was it the fox and the cat? Was it was the fox and the yeah. cat, wasn't it, Sharon? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I thought they were quite good, although I thought they would have been a bit more... Do you know what I mean? Rod? who did they remind me of? They reminded me of... I know this sounds sounds strange, but like you know, like Gollum in the ring, he's got a he's like trying to be. Come on, let yes. come on. Well, those two were like, oh, we're your friend, we're your friends. You know what I mean? We're your friends, but obviously they're not really your friends. And I guess those two would have been in the um, in the Disney version. They would have been. Um, uh Hoy diddly dee, an actor's life for me, wouldn't it? So that yeah. was that was obviously Disney's take for those, for those two characters, but yeah on the whole I thought it was I thought it was okay I had a couple of issues with it and um, but on the whole generally speaking I thought it was a a well crafted film as I say it was quite stunning sometimes bye 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 we've got a bit got a bit on your nerves but I guess that's what it was (laughs) All right. Yeah, it's go- interesting
0: because go- I get I get the yeah. feeling it was probably filmed in Italian and then it's dubbed. So some of the phrases, yeah. they've thought, the mouth shapes, they've always thought we're just going to have to go with the Italian because we cannot yeah, make Italian. this match. Yeah. This, this oh, it's dubbed. Right. It's, like.
2: it's dubbed. Yeah. It's I got the feeling. Yeah. yeah. I got the feeling. Yes. Yeah. I get, you get I, the impression
0: the that it was a, it's made almost entirely in the italian language and then they've just uh, dubbed it over in english but it's very well done i mean it's only a few places you're yeah. going yeah uh, the, you, i don't think you said that but yeah yeah
1: so so how so uh, what's the final thing
2: what's the bottom line how many stars would you guys well, give this? Well, for, for me it gets a three star for me three star
0: yeah i would give it a four star because i liked the way that it took its time, I think if you were a young because there were some young children in the cinema when I went and some of them got a bit fidgety because it it does take its time and some of the sort of little adventures of Pinocchio, I think if it was crafted just for young children they probably would have cut out some of those and they would have made a much tighter compact storytelling but i quite like the fact that it was this longer journey and that these grotesques that you meet were quite grotesque that they were there's nothing cute about this sort of film even like Jiminy cricket was there was something grotesque about him <laughs> yeah and yeah they were a, a bit Irish. like in that it Italian, like Jiminy- in that mm italian sort of way when you look at like the masquerade puppets at carnival puppets they are a bit grotesque so i liked that aspect of it that it was a little bit yee, tweaked to the grotesque side of is, things so is it, i is actually it, enjoyed it.
1: it would you would you say would was was, that, was that, was that you say is the dreaded words first...
2: darker yes Duke, have you uh, uh, is that the first film you've seen at the cinema since it's been back sharon or have you seen no it the...
0: i went to see proxima as well
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: that's true. So this was like, I was slightly more uncomfortable with this particular draw. I'll go back to Pinocchio, definitely a four star for me. But my cinema experience this time, because it was children in there. And I don't know what their idea about social distancing is. But, you know, nearly everyone in the cinema, we're all packed up close together. I thought Uh, the idea was you'd have maybe spare seats or you'd have spare rows or whatever. But you know, there's a family behind me. I had one seat in the middle of my row thinking, oh, I'm going to be a nice distance apart. Then there's people in front of me. So we were literally all, I was like the filling in this family
1: sandwich. Oh.
0: Six behind me and six in front of me. And none of them were wearing masks. None of them. But I had my mask on the whole time. So I was a bit like, did they just take their masks off as soon as they came in the cinema? Because the idea is that in all these public performances you keep your mask on for the entire performance but everyone as soon as they sat down masks came off and they sat there chomping on their popcorn and yeah. so I was a little bit like I'm not as comfortable as this as I was when I was the only one in there
1: yeah mm. yeah ooh yeah okay I I have all that to go to see look forward to you from tomorrow when my cinema opens yay, yay. okay cool yay. Sean let's see if we can quickly get through Project Power so from what I can understand about, okay yeah from what I can understand about Project Power this is a uh, so superhero-type film, but the idea is that the Project Power is all about this pill. It's this small, yellow, shiny pill that when people... It's a Netflix original.
2: It's like a little tube. I don't think it's much of a tube. It's like a little vial. Yeah. Little vial. But yeah, So for all intents and purposes, a pill. Yeah. yeah.
1: And the, when people take it, it gives them superpowers for like, what, 10 minutes or something like that?
2: Yeah, five, 10 minutes, something. So for, for a limited time. So oh. some of them have watches, you know. Oh, so they have to watches to so, see yeah. what they could do. Ooh, 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 oh, oh, well, oh! some of them, some of them do, some of them don't.
1: Oh, you see now. now yeah. Once you said that, that just that just puts like a note, a set piece in my head of somebody going, "I've got to get out of this place," but I've only got five minutes. If I don't do this in five minutes, that's it. I'm going to be dead. But anyway, uh, so I know it has Jamie Foxx in it. It has Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. And um, what did you think about this?
2: Okay, yeah, this film. I think um, it was a, one of those Netflix films where they just you know like I've said this about last week where they've got a chunk of money yep. and they've given it and they've just said do something with this chunk of money on this film they're not really worried about how it goes it's just you know let's just just make a movie and I think you know they, they do that but Netflix can afford to do that because there's going to be some people that will like it even if no, even if most people don't like it there will be some people that will like it and they watch it because it's a, a streaming service isn't it so it doesn't matter whether the film's good or bad or indifferent they're still going to so it's just, just got that feeling. It's like, here you go. Here's a load of money. Make a film. And, um, yeah, you've, so you've got all these 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 uh, pills that give you all different superpowers. Some you know what they're going to give you. Some you don't. And it's just basically a cop movie. It's like a, a, a chase movie, you know. Oh, yeah. And then, obviously, so you've got – I mean, Jamie Foxx. I love Jamie Foxx. And I think he is, he's, he's good in this. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's, he's good in it as well. So they probably that's probably where some of the money went but um yeah they start they, they, they start off as as you know like should we say well well in between there's this this young girl that knows them both she's like a bit of a pusher a bit of a but anyway so, but they end up um sort of not really you know thinking they're on the wrong side and then it turns out that they, they sort of team up and he goes oh you know I'm going to save this one for last I'm going to save this one until I really really need it so yeah basically it's a disappointment um I thought it was gonna be quite good. Um, but it's just the it's just a straight forward film. There's nothing new in it, there's nothing nothing spectacular, you know. There's I think there's an odd car chase and some, you know, people catching on fire and smashing through buildings and landing and other people freezing things and stuff and so you've got all the powers that like the X-Men would have, all the fantastic Four, yeah. stuff like that. But it never really To me there's no thought or passion put into it. It's just something that said there's a load of money. We will give you a load of special effects. We will give you a load of this. Make a film, you know. So, so yeah. So, I mean, it was okay. It was. Uh, How many stars? Three. Three. Three star. <laughs> yeah, three. I I'll give it three star because I didn't hate it.
1: Oh, I, right, I didn't
2: cool. hate it. But I didn't think it was was. Um, it was. Uh, I, I mean, Jamie Fox is always class. I think I love Jamie Fox. Sure, I, Sean. You I know, rate, it- I rate them very high.
1: If I ever make a film, my aim is to have that review. Sean comes up and Sean says, I didn't hate it. That, that, <laughs> that, for, me, that for me would be like, oh, yes, I nailed this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. we will be doing the Rocky Punch.
1: I'll, I'll be doing the Rocky Punch. I'll be yeah. freeze-framing that thing and everything all over the place. If Sean comes up and goes, I didn't hate it. It made sense. <laughs> pretty high praise that's the word (laughs) especially for a netflix original movie because i know sean you you are beginning to develop a certain kind of like pattern with netflix original movies where you're like "Mm, no so so now we go back just
2: yeah yeah. Yeah. just just to me it just seems that they just put give money and they don't really there's not a lot of thought go into it let's just make a film you know do, do do what you want to do with no and and as I say, I think that's what they can do. They can afford to do that. And I've I've heard some other people talking about the same thing, saying they're okay movies, but they're nothing special, you know. Mm. Okay. It's
0: maybe slightly self-indulgent.
1: Uh, yeah, probably, probably. I mean, it's... no. Nah. You see, I'm very, very reticent at the moment because the last time I re- recommended a Netflix original movie to Sean to watch,
2: we ended up with, like, you know... Uh-oh. I was in a discussion. I was in a... I was in a yeah, I was in a discussion with people at work today about that because I said because I've been watching a few Vietnam War films. Like they go, "Oh, have you ever seen that film? It's supposed to be really, really good." by <laughs> so blood. Go, <laughs> I said, "Yeah, no, let's let by. No, we won't go there. Yeah, we, 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 we said,
1: won't go oh, there. We won't go there.
2: But no, but we won't go there. So carry on, carry on. <laughs> I was just
1: I was just wondering. I was wondering what you would think about a film called See You Yesterday. Which I thought, which I mean, I remember I, re, I reviewed it on the show, and I thought it was one of the best Netflix original movies. However, this has all the hallmarks of another misfire with with me re- recommending something to Sean because. Well,
2: I don't know. You recommend you recommended me the the um, uh, night the nightingale, yeah, the nightingale, the yeah. nightingale? And, and, yeah. and I really really enjoyed that. And you know that was a recommend that was a good recommendation. And like, if you hadn't have recommended that the chances are I probably wouldn't have seen that one. So I did enjoy that one. I did enjoy
1: that, uh, that uh, film. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll be brave. I'll stick my neck out. And I'll say, I, I wouldn't say you would like it. I'll say, I would like to see what you think about... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll be interested to see what you think about See You Yesterday, which is, uh, it's a Netflix original, but I think it's that's actually one of the things where they give somebody who has some ideas something to do and they actually do something quite, well, I, I felt quite good oh, it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I thought quite good with it. But I, I do agree that they do give people the, the free reign to go make the film that you want to make without people holding you back. And then you find out that with some people, it might be a good thing for people to hold them back. Um, uh, but we're going we're gonna to get into what I think about Quentin Tarantino, and I'm going to leave from that. But anyway, so we go back to the cinemas. After, <laughs> after Netflix, we go back to the solace of cinemas, Sean's Happy Place. And you got to see the film An American Pickle. Now... Now, what I from, did, what, yes. from what I understand about this film, it is Seth Rogen, and Seth Rogen plays two roles. One of them is like he is an immigrant into who arrives in New York, uh, from somewhere Eastern European, I think, and I can't remember exactly what country, but he he arrives in New York. Yeah,
2: he, um, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's a made up country. It's called Schlup <laughs>
1: Okay, okay. So he arrives, he arrives in New York from Schlup and he falls into a vat of. A vat of brine or pickle, like what, and then he gets preserved for hundreds and hundreds of years. And when he gets out of the vat of pickle, <laughs> yeah. he ends up meeting his descendants. And I, I think that's the whole yeah, thing. Great so grandson. He, he ends up meeting his descendants, his great grandson, who is also played by Seth Rogen. So you have Seth Rogen acting up uh, opposite against Seth Rogen. Now. um so, that's the uh, that's the basic premise. And I think that as far as what the film's about, I don't really think that we need much more than that. It's like, you know, fish out of water, frozen for hundreds of years, comes out and all that, meets his great-grandson. And the, so, from there, Sean, what do you think they did with it? What did they do with that premise?
2: Okay, this is interesting, because Seth Rogen, you're going to think, you know, um, Pineapple Express and Sausage Party and all things like that, really. But it wasn't really that sort of movie. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so... So the story is he's he's in this thing and there's there's Cossacks in it and uh, what have you and he goes oh we got a... They, they go to America basically he works at this pickle factory and it's quite funny I must admit his his job is is like killing rats where the rats sort of turn on him which is quite funny it's quite sort of, you know, they turn on him and they're sort of all chasing he tries to escape he's up high and the other ones the other the rats chasing the other side he sort of steps back and he falls in this vat no one's no one's seen him because they're all doing other things and it's like right the factory's closed we ain't got no more money so they cover him up and then it just all goes into rack and rooney and then obviously he wakes up but what was what was great about this there's a really really good it's an early scene and it's so great explaining basically there's this big press conference is it this press conference and all the press are going, yeah well what about this that and the other and that and then he he actually starts narrating in his head and he said yes so the scientist explained everything to them and then and then they go all the all they're like the 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 press conference where they go oh right okay that's brilliant thank you very much so they haven't had to go into too much detail you know I thought it was a really really good way of of saying how we've been served for this time you know they just oh, have yeah, to yeah. it's just like well he's thinking wow yeah and then the scientist explained it all to the the press and the press are like oh right okay yeah that's good that makes lots of sense you know what I mean so so, so, so essentially
1: thought, yeah. so essentially they're like we're not going to tell you we're not gonna... that's not the point move on
2: <laughs> yeah 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 move on exactly move on so yeah and then then he sort of uh, Anyway, so he, he meets his grandson, his grandson's um, well, great grandson. The parents have died in a, in a car crash. And obviously, he's a little bit, I would say, a little bit, probably got a little bit of depression there. But he's working on this app called Bopper Bop, um, which is like, and he says, Oh, I've, I've spent sort of years and years on this trying to do the, the thing. And he wants to visit, visit like the graveyard, and it's been taken over by a company. And it's, it's like there's like a big billboard in there. And then they turn up with a new billboard and it's like got the Russian vodka on it. You know, it's like a vodka poster with, you know, because yeah. the Cossacks, the Cossacks have taken over. I need to, to buy this plot of land back. So anyway, he goes, well, I don't know what you're going to do. And so Seth decides he's going to make this pickle thing. So he, he, he's walking the streets a bit and he finds a few bits. He becomes really, really popular. And of course, his great, great grandson, they've sort of had a bit of a falling out. And so he phones up the house department. And, and so you've got this conflict where he keeps trying to make it big. And then the great grandson is is trying to bring him down all the time, you know, and then oh, there's yeah. a bit like he goes because he's, he's being from eastern europe he 's a bit opinionated you know, and a bit so he becomes a bit of a celeb and and then his great grandson says, "Oh, have you ever tried Twitter, you know you should do twitter so and then I guess this is like the parody of the Trump thing because he's going you know he says a lot of misogynistic stuff, and yeah, yeah you know, as you would you if, if, if you'd been frozen but, for hundreds yeah. of years, yeah yeah, <laughs> so they all turn against him, and they're all chasing him and you know it's a oh yeah, because he he just uh, the grandson disguised himself and he goes, Oh, what would you say about um Christian? I can't remember the exact thing it was, but he goes, Oh, yeah, that's terrible, you know, never and, and so of course he becomes all hated and there's big, big and,
1: and that yeah. cancel, uh, and cancel him,
2: hashtag yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, he's horrible. So, so it was like, uh, oh, you know, he's really popular for one minute, he's a real like big celebrity, he's come up with that, and then the next thing, he's like the most. Hated uh, yeah. Pariah, you know, because uh, ob- ob- obviously he's Jewish. So, um, and then it's like, obviously, he says, "Oh, I got to escape." It's, it's a bit of a reconciliation at the end, you know. Should we say so? And um, so after, yeah. And it, it's quite nice and short. This is quite a nice short film. I wouldn't call it a comedy. There's a few comedic moments in it. I would call it more of a drama. Oh yeah, and yeah, it was it was it was watchable. Yeah, it was it was watchable, and it was nice. It was really short. It was a short movie, so that was quite good. Um, just about the right amount length of time. There was enough in it to keep me interested. So, definitely certainly not a a normal Seth Rogan movie. So
1: yeah, although the funny thing is, I feel like the the normal Seth the phrase a normal Seth Rogan movie is changing because if you look at some of the things he's done recently, he's been moving away from the sort of like Frat Pack, frat yeah, boy co- the, comedy,
2: like stoner, stoner. Yeah, thing. He's, he's moving away. Yeah. I
1: mean, he, he still he still has that, but it's the films are getting more grown up. Like one of the one of my favorite yeah. sort of surprises of last year was Long Shot, with him and Charlize yeah, Theron. Long Shot, really great film. movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great. I mean, like for like as a romantic comedy, like that's actually a really really good film. And the fact that, that, that I, was a really really good film.
2: Yeah, I, I think and another 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 film I liked him in was The Interview. Where he goes to North Korea. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, um, that was, yeah. That was Quite.
1: Good. <laughs> I, I think. I think. I think. Ever since he was in Steve Jobs, like because he he plays he's Steve Wozniak in, in Steve Job in the film Steve Jobs. I think that's where he sort of like started moving and so growing up. But anyway, an American pickle. How many stars would you give that?
2: Um. Yeah. I had enough to keep me interested. Um. So this will get a three star. This will get a three. Three star
1: had enough to get me interested i didn't hate it high high praise indeed <laughs> from mr harris such high praise
2: no, thank you, thank you, harris. <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: cool and now we go to our final our final netflix and friends uh, selection of the week and this is fear the walking dead season five now anybody who's listened to this before will know that i am not the biggest walking dead fan I don't understand why it's still on TV. I don't understand why they can still have anything new to say after what 11 seasons. But not only that, they have gone and they have created multiple, multiple spin-off shows, which Sharon keeps on watching. So
0: I keep watching we, them.
1: So we keep talking about this. So, Sharon, Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, 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 I'm not going to ask you to convince me because I think that's too hard. Just tell me, tell it's me. Tell weird. me what this is about. Tell me why you keep watching this thing.
0: Yeah, well, The Fear of the Walking Dead is the first of the spin-off series from The Walking Dead. And it started off um, going back to the very beginning of this sort of apocalypse, where you see it from an ordinary family point of view. And so you had that for the first sort of like four seasons. And then beginning of season four, they had a different showrunner. So the direction of Fear the Walking Dead completely changed they have nearly sort of 90% of the cast changed, the, the setting changed, the, the aesthetic changed, everything changed about it. And so this is the first full season since effectively the rebrand of Fear the Walking Dead. And going into the next season, it's going to be changed again, so that it, they're going to change it yet again. So it's, it's like they're trying to find their feet. Yep. But in Fear the Walking Dead season five, it basically, it takes you to a different part of America than was that you see in The Walking Dead and how different communities have experienced apocalypse in a different way. It's more or less like being these urban dwellers, it's sort of like Georgia and sort of that East Coast, how the East Coast has coped, where they have sort of moved into these communities. And now this is looking at like the West where the community has been very scattered yeah. and it's not been much about forming a group and a community. It's about how the individual copes. And in this season, it's about how these sort of people who have been loners, basically, they've not really fallen in with the group. They've not really found a base, how they have beginning to sort of create these networks. and uh, So how they set up these sort of, they call them these way stations where people can go to get basic supplies. So instead of having like your Alexandria and your hilltop and your your these sort of communities where they've got the, the numbers and where they can grow crops and they can rebuild. Yeah. These are like individuals who are scattered in ranches where they're like thirty miles from the nearest neighbour and there is no community. Yeah. They are they're on their own. So it's taken a different slant on it. But yeah this season's been interesting in that it, you you get to see um, these little different stories, how it harks back like a Western, whereas I think The Walking Dead has always had the element of being a Western about it, but this is obviously set in a Western setting. And so and one of the characters used to be used to be a uh, trick shooter in one of these wild West towns. Yeah. And so he basically he's adopted, he was a police officer in real life, but in his spare time he used to be this little gunslinger. And so he's basically assumed this persona and as he's gone into the apocalypse, he's got the hat, the clothes, and he has his two sort of six guns by his side. And so how you see how people adapt to this apocalypse. Yeah. And so this is a different group of people. They've had a couple of crossovers from The Walking Dead, Morgan and Dwight, for those people who know um, The Walking Dead. And how they've their characters have evolved mm. in a different setting outside of the big group. And how, yeah, dif- there's a different type of conflict and different kind of challenges for them so yeah it's as another installment in the walking dead universe it yeah that it has its values
2: all right so is, um is, oh yeah, yeah go, go, on, ahead. Go, go, ahead, sean, go ahead sean go ahead sean you're probably going to ask a more interesting say, is, question is there um is there much is there much action in it because i found the, you know like with the zombie action is there much so we, the, do they kill many zombies or are they pretty much scattered too
0: no, there's certainly zombies every week because the zombies have a habit of, or the walkers or growlers or biters, or they each have a different, each community has give, found their own nickname for them. So everywhere you go, they say, oh, the growlers are here and they go, oh, growlers? oh we call them walkers. So you have this sort of little thing, Um, but oh. yes, they, they tend to herd. So they, because they're attracted by noises and by different things, you often find you end up getting these herds of walkers. So... You do they do encounter the herds and they do encounter yeah this so, one they had, this so there's had. there's
2: there's there's still action in it. It's not so 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 It's not more soap opery because I oh, always used soapy. to find when I watch when I watched the first couple of seasons. I mean, it was pretty good. The 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 you know until till they got on the boat really and um during that first season and then it seemed to become a bit soapy, a bit sort of soap opery.
0: Oh, yes, I think that's why they they decided to change it because they were finding that following this one family, it was becoming so popular because you had this core family and they didn't really like to touch Mm. those core actors. And then they decided they're going to kill nearly the entire first season cast and you end up left Mm. with only like two people from the original series are still in it. Mm. So it's quite a change. But, yes, there's, there's certainly fighting and drama and... And yeah, this one, they had, they had what would happen if you did have a, a nuclear power station. So they, because we've all addressed, we've all, people who watch apocalypse and things like, what do you do about the nuclear power stations then? Before, within a couple of years, you're going to have a nuclear meltdown anyway. So why would you bother trying to survive an apocalypse when you know that there's a ticking time bomb in the outside, you know, major cities all over the world? And this is where they deal with how they address issues like a nuclear meltdown. Hmm oh cool Mm. and storms and what do you do in a hurricane if you've got
1: (laughs) all right okay three
0: years after the world end so yes it looks at different aspects of what life after civilization
1: sharon i am happy for you that's all i i i am i am happy for you i'm happy you found something you enjoy so how many stars would you give it
0: (laughs) i would because I, I appreciate that it's not for the casual viewer. By the time you've got to season five of Fear the Walking Dead and season 11 of The Walking Dead, if you're still with it, you you know you know what you're getting in for. For the casual viewer, I don't think there's much for it. Mm-hmm. So I would say I would give it a three stars because I, that's recognising I enjoyed it, but it's not going to be someone that you can step into and say, if I started watching this from season five, but I have the faintest idea what what's going on, probably not <laughs> and so i would say it's not for the the casual viewer it's for the diehards out there so i would recognize that and say it's a three
1: i i just i just feel like it's never going to end give me an end well
0: they've got another series starting called the walking dead uh world beyond i, think it's called. I, I know oh, basically it's, 10 years on it's not gonna end is it I mean,
1: they've already—they've just—they've just told you that ten years later there's are still zombies and they're still the walking. Oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> it's not going to end.
0: Well, you know that the comics ended, so it, there's yeah. some—it will end some at some point. Yeah, the comics ended. Yeah.
1: The comics ended, and I actually quite like the way that the the writer—I think it was Robert Kirkman. I liked the way he he ended the comics in that he didn't actually tell the TV show people that he was ending the comics he just he just he released it and uh he didn't tell anybody was going to be the last one. He released uh the comic. People read it and went, "Oh. Oh my god. That's the end. That's going to be." And so and I think that the the showrunners were kind of like how very dare he. But I don't think yeah. that's going to stop them making these things. Uh I'm going to be like, like, you know, 50 year old and they're still going to be walking dead season 35 well off. they're
0: still churning out the star trek different incarnations aren't they and they yeah the same, yeah a similar premise so i suppose there's if you like your post-apocalyptic zombie drama there is scope for you to lo- explore all sorts of things
1: the the, the thing the thing i Star Trek, which i find a bit easier to handle is that it's episodic number one and number two yes. each bit of it ends and then they start up a new one yeah so it's uh, but uh, anyway anyway i will stop I will stop yelling about something that loads of people around the world enjoy because that simple <laughs> fact alone tells me that I might be the one in the wrong, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's no right or wrong, you either like it or you don't, and I yeah. don't think you have to worry about that
1: it, it, it's a bit like it's a bit like with me and cheese, how I can't stand cheese, but I look at all the people around the world who who love cheese and i go eh, that, eh, it's possible I'm in the wrong here, but <laughs> But anyway. You
0: don't have to be convinced, don't worry.
1: The walking dead is cheese. So um (laughs) now (laughs) what we have, so all that's left is to figure out who it is that won this week. Netflix or cinema.
2: Sean, Sharon, what do you think? Ooh, it's a tough call. I reckon it could be possibly even be a tie. This maybe a slightly, slightly give it to cinema by I might
0: I think cinema had had more you think what? So I would think I think the cinema had more fours, but you're sorry, you're going to tie, aren't you?
2: I'm going. Well, I'm, I'm saying it's naught point naught two seven five in favour <laughs> of. so of, uh, to- I know that's precise, but that's what I reckon in favour of I cinema. I think
0: cinema have just edged it because of baby teeth and because of my vote for Pinocchio. So I think cinema have just nosed ahead.
1: I a wooden. Look and you would be both correct. <laughs> oh, well, you'll be both correct. <laughs> yes. So we have um what well, we've had we've had uh let's see. Cinema has had a general score of 3.5 and Netflix has had a general score of 3 because every single Netflix thing was a 3. Or Netflix and friend thing was a 3 this week. And let's see how precise Sean got. Let's see what we can do with that. It, <laughs> yeah, yes yeah, it, it's a not point uh, let's see if you divided that by okay so divide that by a hundred <laughs> let's find out so divided by a hundred not point not one oh
2: that's not bad was it it was say two seven Mm or two five yeah 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 not bad no bad at all not bad at all
1: not bad at all uh you you were a maths teacher weren't you Uh, pardon you said you were a maths teacher weren't you (laughs) no okay cool all right okay cool all right anyway thank you so much for joining us Thank you. Go ahead. Watch these things and get in touch with us on Netflix or uh, on Twitter and Netflix via cinema on Facebook and Netflix via cinema. And tell us what you thought. Did we totally get it wrong? Do we not know what we're talking about? Are we talking out of our bums? Hey, we might agree with you. Just let us know. Let us know and then come on and then give us your review about different things that you have seen. And especially we would love to hear what your first visit back at the cinema was like. Until next week, when I shall have my first visit back at the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> I think by that time I will have seen Tenet because Tenet is next week Wednesday, and um, what is it Thursday? It's the twenty-sixth, whatever day that is. Until yeah. next week, um, it's a goodbye for me.
0: It's a goodbye for me, and it's
2: a goodbye for me.
1: Thank you for joining us. See you next week.